The Productive Woman, episode 285. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Welcome and thank you for joining me. This week we're going to talk about setting goals that matter. You'll find more information and links in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 285. This episode is brought to you by Warby Parker and by Indeed. I'm Pleased to welcome back a returning sponsor, Warby Parker. You can try their free home try-on program that lets you order five pairs of glasses to try on at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. They ship free and include a prepaid return shipping label. So you can do that by visiting warbyparker.com slash tpw. And I will share a little more about them later on in the show. But right now, if you run a business or hire employees for your company, you need to know about our new sponsor, Indeed. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants very fast. You can also add skills tests to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at indeed.com slash tpw, and you'll get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash tpw. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply, and this offer is valid through March 31st of 2020. Let's talk about setting goals. I felt like as we are now approaching the end of the first quarter of this year, it would be a good time to maybe review some things about setting and achieving meaningful goals. So we're talking about not just setting goals, but setting goals that matter, creating those goals based on guiding principles and your long-term objectives. Because the journey from where we are to where we want to be is made one step at a time. And part of that journey for a productive person is creating a plan, a a roadmap, and breaking down those big objectives into small achievable pieces. Taking the time to think through our commitments, our dreams, and our values, and establish those priorities firmly in our minds will help us make smart choices about how we use our time and our resources so we accomplish the things that are most important to us, thereby becoming truly productive. So the starting point for setting goals, I think, is taking that time to think about those things, to really ponder what's important to us and get that firmly in our minds. We all have to choose among many options for how our time and resources are used. And without some guiding principles to base our choices on, 
we can't be sure we'll accomplish the things that really matter to us. So those guiding principles come from truly understanding what's most important to us, what our priorities are. How do we do that? You know, I, I, I hesitate to, t- to talk about this sometimes because I think you may feel like I'm just adding one more thing that you need to do onto your schedule. But I, I think if we don't take some time to step back and really think deeply about these things, we end up just being reactive all the time instead of making a truly meaningfully productive life and accomplishing those things we care about most. So the, the starting point is to set aside some time when you can be quiet and undisturbed and you can have your calendar and your to-do list and all that sort of thing with you and spend some time asking yourself some questions, thinking deeply about these things. So, you know, if you can find some time, maybe set aside a couple hours, maybe on a weekend when uh, there's not other things going on in your life, or early in the morning or in the evening, whenever it works for you, but schedule this time, put it on your calendar, sit down with your calendar and all these things and maybe a cup of tea or coffee or whatever your beverage of choice is and spend some time thinking about these things. So I would say start with what are the roles you play in life? And I don't mean that as in, you know, pretending, but the the roles you serve in, the, the roles you function in. So for me, I am a wife. I am a mother to adult kids. I'm a grandmother. I'm a lawyer, um, I'm a Christian, I'm a citizen. What, what other roles do you have in your life? Are you an employee or a boss? Are you a parent? Are you a sister, a caregiver? Whatever those roles are, list them. So you've, you've got a notebook with you or something to write with, write down those roles then taking into account your own personal values prioritize these areas of your life. And by that, I don't mean decide which one's most important, you know, what comes one, two, three, and four. I I don't know that I believe you can do that because, you know, ranking these areas of our life, I'm not sure how, how helpful that is, but as a starting point, okay, just for the moment, let's, let's think about the priorities of these roles. So for instance, if you're a person of faith, maybe your relationship with God comes first. After that, perhaps maintaining your mental and physical health is a priority because you're no good to anybody else if you're falling apart physically, mentally, or emotionally. Your spouse and your children, your career ministry, your friends and extended family. I'm not sure there's a one size fits all here in terms of prioritizing these things. And again, I I hesitate to suggest that you should list them in order or anything like that, because I'm I'm not sure we can compare and rank them that way. But spend some time thinking about these roles and what's really important to you in each of those roles. So then once you've identified the roles that you have in your life, for each of them, answer this question. And I would suggest that you write out your answer. Spend some time journaling this. The question is this, what kind of blank do I want to be? What kind of wife do I want to be? What kind of lawyer do I want to be? What kind of sister do I want to be? What kind of friend? 
what kind of citizen of my state, my, my city, whatever. And another way of looking at this is to think of the, the people you sort of answer to in each role and ask yourself, how do I want that person to remember me when I'm gone? There are lots of ways you can look at it, but the idea is to think at one at a time of each of these roles and consider how you want to show up in that role, what kind of person you want to be in that role. Think about what each relationship or role would look like if you were doing things like you want to. And and again, I do encourage you to journal this, spend some time writing it out, get it on paper in front of you so you can really, it, it forces you to put words to it and think about it really deeply. I also encourage you to th- be honest with yourself here. I don't want uh, to suggest that you should be, you know, writing down what you think other people expect of you, but really what's important to you in that role? What do you want uh, to be in that role. And then once you've done that, then you realistically evaluate where you are today and maybe write down an action item or two to help you move in the direction of that ideal that you've described for yourself. I, I again, do not want you to think of this in terms of societal expectations or anything else. This is uh, an exercise in thinking about what matters to you, what's most important to you in each of these roles that you fulfill in life. So once you've written these things out, keep them the, the priorities and those action steps somewhere handy so you can review them regularly and refer to them when you're offered an opportunity to do something. This is a maybe a nice time management tool because you have thought seriously, honestly, and deeply about what really matters to you. Keeping that front of mind when people ask you to take on a new role or or do a new task or you know they offer you an opportunity to do something, instead of being reactive, you can take a moment to look at your priorities list and think: Does this fit? into my priorities, into my vision for where I want my life to go. If no, then maybe you want to pass on that opportunity and leave it for someone else uh, for whom it's a better fit. One tool you can use, I, I would like to offer to you to use for this process of kind of identifying the roles and thinking about what you want your life to look like uh, I've got a what I call kind of a vision casting worksheet, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. It's just a, I think a one page PDF that you can download and maybe use it as questions to get you thinking uh, as you journal about this. So why why am I talking about this in a goal setting episode? Well, we can't. I don't think we can set meaningful goals uh, really you know, truly meaningful to us goals if we don't know what matters most to us. And a lot of us don't take a lot of time to think about that. We're, we're busy doing all day and responding to the needs around us, whether it's at work or at home or wherever it is. And maybe we don't take the time to just pause and think, is what I'm doing reflective of what really matters to me? Do I know what really matters to me? And I think if we don't know what matters most, it's really hard to make good judgments about how to spend our time. So the this sort of vision casting 
this evaluating the roles we play, identifying what matters most to us is the first part of setting truly meaningful goals. And so the next part then is creating those actionable goals based on what we've identified as being the priority in our life. Now, before we get too far into it, I want to make sure I'm clear about the terms that I'm using. We've talked about this in the past and words matter to me. I'm a lawyer. I'm a writer. I've, I, the, the meanings of words matter. And so I want to make sure we're using the same language when we talk here. So what is a goal and how is it different from, say, a dream or an objective or a wish? Uh, to me, those are all different things. And a goal is something very specific. So a, a wish or a dream is maybe an image, an idea, an aspiration. It may be a very nebulous thing, something that would be nice that we maybe are not really committed to yet. And so, you know, a wish or dream would be, I'd like to go to Europe someday, or it sure would be nice to be an author, or... I hope to enjoy an active, healthy old age, or I want to raise happy, healthy kids who contribute to the world. So to me, those are the kinds of things that, that really fall in the category of being a wish or, or a dream. That's an aspiration that kind of floats in the back of our mind. We may or may not be committed to it, but we really can't take action on it specifically. An objective is something you've made a commitment to achieving, but it's maybe a, a big picture kind of thing. So maybe, you know, examples might be, I'm going to retire to a ranch in Montana when I'm 55. So that's an objective I have. Or I'm going to be a podcaster, or I'm going to run a marathon, or I'm going to get fitter and healthier, or I'm going to find the a spouse, find someone to marry, or I'm going to you know, get a degree in whatever you want to get a degree in. So an objective is that big picture kind of thing that you may have been thinking about, but it still doesn't have a lot of specifics in it. And as I use the term, a goal is something more specific and it invites very specific action. There are different types of goals, uh, long-term, intermediate, short-term, but a good, meaningful goal will have certain characteristics. And there are lots of ways of looking at this, but uh, I'm going to use the old acronym that you may have heard in the past. We've talked about it on the past in the show about one way of looking at what makes a good goal. And that is that, that it's SMART. And SMART is an acronym because each letter stands for a word. So a good goal is specific, it's measurable, it's achievable, it's realistic, and it's time-bound. A goal that you can actually take action on is going to be all those things. So what do those things mean? Let's take just a minute or two to review this in case you haven't heard it or you haven't thought about it in a while. So specific. A specific goal has a much greater chance of being accomplished than a general goal or what I would call an objective. So to set a specific goal, you, you need to answer the six W questions. Who? Who is involved? What? What do I want to accomplish? Where? Identify a location where you're going to do this. Uh, when? Establish a time frame which identify requirements and constraints and why 
specific reasons, a purpose, or specific benefits of accomplishing this goal. So, for example, a general goal or objective would be to get in shape, but a specific goal would be join a health club and work out three days a week for the next three months. Okay. That is something you can, uh, pinpoint. It's very specific. You know exactly what it is you're going to do and where you're going to do it in, in a general sense. You've got a, you know, there are sub steps to this particular goal because first you've got to identify a club that you want to join, etc. But it, it's much more specific than just saying, well, I want to get in shape. If, if your goal, as you've articulated it, is to get in shape, you might or might not take action on it. But if you've set a very specific goal of saying, I'm going to join a health club and work out with a trainer, maybe three days a week, then that's very specific and it's much more likely you're going to take action on it. Okay, so a, a good goal is specific. It is measurable. That is, you can know when you've achieved it. So, so if you want to create a measurable goal, you want to establish concrete criteria for measuring progress toward the attainment of that goal. Because when you measure your progress, you stay on track, you reach your target dates, when you, then you get to experience that exhilaration of achievement that spurs you on to continued effort, which is necessary to achieve your goal, to reach it. So to de- determine if your goal is measurable, ask yourself questions as uh, like how much or how many. Really the question is, how will I know when it's accomplished? And I want to make a point here that we may revisit here in, in a few minutes, but getting back to this idea of measurable and specific. Uh, so if, if we're using our, our generalized goal or objective of getting in shape and trying to turn that into a specific goal, we could say, you know, a specific and measurable goal would be something like lose 10 pounds in the next two months. And maybe, maybe you'd want to say more than that. Lose 10 pounds in the next two months by uh, eating only healthy foods. I'm I'm kind of spitballing here, but only healthy, healthy foods and working out three or four days a week. That's a, a specific goal in a way, but having the specific goal be an outcome that is lose 10 pounds is maybe less helpful than having a process goal. That's why I liked the idea, the goal articulated as join a health club that's, you know, convenient to my workplace and work out with a trainer three days a week. That is a process goal, whereas lose 10 pounds in two months is an outcome goal. Process goals are in many ways more achievable, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. They're more likely to uh, be successful because we can control whether we follow the process or not. Sometimes you can say, join a health club, work out with a trainer three days a week and eat really well and still not achieve that outcome goal of having lost 10 pounds in three weeks and there, or I mean, in two months. And, and there are lots of reasons why that might be the case because of your age, because of your metabolism, maybe you're losing fat, but gaining muscle. And so your, the poundage isn't what you want it to be. That's why, uh, 
process goals are more effective because if your goal is lose 10 pounds in two months and you don't do that, maybe you're not giving yourself credit for the fact that you have gained this muscle, you're stronger, you're healthier, but you're discouraged because you didn't reach the number you had in mind. Whereas if your goal is a process goal, you can pat yourself on the back for the fact that you did identify a health club. You joined that health club, you found a trainer and you went three days a week and, and gave it your, your best effort. Then you have achieved that goal, whether the number on the scale reads what you want to want it to read or not. And you are healthier and better off for having achieved that goal of regular activity. So I just keep that in mind, that difference between outcome goals and process goals. And we'll talk about that a a little more here in a minute. So you want your goal to be specific. You want it to be measurable because if it's measurable, you'll know when you've accomplished it or not. You'll know if you went to the gym three days a week or not. Uh, A smart goal needs to be achievable or attainable. When you identify goals that are most important to you, you begin to figure out ways you can make them come true. So an attainable goal doesn't necessarily have to be easily attainable, but there has to be, it has to be within the realm of possibility. The example I always think of is I could set a goal, you know, to practice basketball three days a week for the next six months. Uh, and you know, my goal is to join the NBA. Well, that's, I I may be able to do the process. I can practice basketball, but I will never be a basketball player on the, on the NBA because I'm a woman of a certain age and I'm five foot three and they just don't hire women of my age and my shortness to play on the NBA. So you want it to be attainable. You want it to be something that with effort, with consideration, with help, whatever that you can actually achieve. And when you identify those goals that are really important, you can start to figure out ways you can make them come true. You begin to develop those attitudes, abilities, skills, and financial capacity to reach them. You start to see maybe previously overlooked opportunities to bring yourself closer to achieving that goal. You can attain almost any goal you set when you plan your steps wisely and establish a time frame that allows you to carry out those steps. Goals that may have seemed way out of reach eventually become more attainable, not because your goals shrink, but because you grow and expand to match them. When you list your goals, you start to identify uh, the, the possibilities for yourself and begin to think creatively about ways you can attain them. So it may not be, uh, you know, a goal that you have in mind may not be something you could can accomplish today, but it needs to be something that you can imagine learning the skill or getting the assistance or whatever, investing the time to achieve it. That's what makes it attainable. All right, a a, a good goal needs to be smart. I mean, that is specific, measurable, attainable, and it needs to be realistic. To be realistic, a goal has to represent an objective toward which you are both willing and able to work. So a goal can be both very high and realistic. You're the only one who can decide just how your goals should be. Just make sure that it represents substantial progress in your mind. 
uh, a high goal is sometimes easier to reach than a low one because high goals exert a very high motivational force. Some of the hardest jobs you ever accomplished probably actually seemed easy simply because they were a labor of love. And so realistic doesn't necessarily mean easy. It just means that you're willing to do the work to get there and you're able to do that work. And if you're not willing, that's okay. Just be honest with yourself. I think we we all need to be realistic about what we are willing to take on. And maybe there's a goal that really is important to you, but you know that right now at, at this time in your life, you're not willing to take do the work that it would take. You know, using my maybe unrealistic example, um, if I really, really wanted to play professional basketball, even though I'm going to be turning sixty in a couple months and I'm five foot three, um, it would take a lot of work to get that because I don't play basketball, but am I willing to put that work in? And honestly, for me, obviously I'm not. So my question to you is, if is there a goal out there, something you've been dreaming about that you could turn into a specific, measurable, attainable goal, very specific, a process goal, thing, something that you can do, that you can take action on, that you are willing to take that action and invest the time to accomplish it. If not, maybe, maybe it's for a later time in your life, but if it is, then that makes it realistic for you. And I'd say, go for it. And finally, a good goal needs to be time bound. It needs to be grounded within a time frame. with no time frame tied to it. There's no sense of urgency. And we as human beings, uh, react in a certain way to deadlines, to a, a time frame that's put on us. Think about if you've ever been in a situation where you've been thinking, ah, I need to get this house cleaned up. We've been, things have been kind of crazy around here. It's kind of messy. Need to get it cleaned up, but uh, I don't feel like doing it. I want to watch Netflix instead, or I have other things I want to do. And then you get a phone call that says a, a, an important guest is coming in 30 minutes. Isn't it amazing how much we can get done in 30 minutes when we've got a reason to take action and move quickly? So tying a time frame to our goal creates that sense of urgency for us. So if you want to lose 10 pounds, when do you want to lose it by? Someday won't work. If you want to get a new job, uh, when do you want to identify and when do you want to start that new job? Or if you want to retire, when do you want to retire? And so you know, whatever those things are that you want to do, when do you want to do it? Someday doesn't work for us. But if you anchor it within a time frame, say by May 1st, or by the time I turn 55, or uh, by the time I turn 35, or by the end of this year, then you've set your unconscious mind into motion to begin working on that goal with a sense of urgency. So, your goal is probably realistic if you truly believe that it can be accomplished. You know, setting that time frame for it can help create the urgency, but going back to the topic of it being realistic, there are other ways to identify whether it's realistic. Have you accomplished something like that in the past or what conditions would have to exist to accomplish this goal and when do you want to take those actions to make that happen? 
So hopefully that's helpful to you. It's a, it's a great framework for thinking about goals. You want them to be smart. You want them to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. And if you can craft your goals in that framework, it's much more likely that you're going to take action on them. And again, keeping in mind the, the benefits of focusing on process goals, actions you will take rather than outcome goals, the result you want at the end. Certainly you need to picture in your mind what result you want and have that firmly in, in, in mind as you get started. But process goals are going to be much more likely to be effective. At the end of the day, we want to be smart about setting goals. And so let me share a few thoughts that I have in terms of setting those goals and making sure that they are meaningful to us and that they're likely to spur action on our part. The first thing I would say is that we need to focus on our highest priority. We can't take on the whole world all at once. So it's better to choose three maybe, or, or even two goals to be really actively working on at any given time. Uh, and maybe even more important that than that, than that is being uh, selective about where you're investing your time, your energy, and your attention is to have a meaningful why for each of your goals. So whatever areas, when you identified the roles that you play in life and what's important to you in each of those, maybe something has come in, come to mind as you were thinking about that, a goal that you want to work toward, an objective you've had in mind, a dream you'd had in place. And now you take it through, through the process to identify a very specific, measurable, achievable, realistic and time-bound goal. And as a side note, let me mention, I have a worksheet for that as well, for creating smart goals that kind of helps you take it through that process. And I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, It's just a free download. So whatever you come up with as you've gone through that process and you've chosen one or two at the most three goals that you're going to be actively pursuing and working toward at any given time, Make sure you have a why for each of those goals that is meaningful to you. Really seriously be honest with yourself about that. Why is this the goal you're choosing to work on now? Is it because somebody else wants you to do it or is it really something you want? The question is, will you personally feel a sense of accomplishment and fulfillment when you achieve it? If not, maybe it's not the right goal for you at this time. And certainly your goals should align with your values. Those things we talked about last week um, and, and earlier, what is most important to you and, and really focus on that. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is any given goal can't co- contradict any of your other goals. So, you know, I can't set a goal to buy a million dollar house if I also have a goal to quit my job and homestead in Alaska, unless I have, you know, inherited a bunch of money, if, which is not the case. Um, so those two goals would be contradictory to each other. So think about that as you're looking at the goals that you want to pursue at any given time. Are they consistent? Is there some some synergy between them that working on one of them will also get you one of the other ones? And be balanced in your goal setting. 
So as you think about goals to work on, consider all the important areas of your life. Remember those roles and relationships that we talked about earlier, family and home, financial and career, spiritual, physical health, social goals, mental and emotional health. These are all important areas of who we are as people, as human beings. And as you identify goals to take real action toward, make sure that you think about all those areas and try to be, uh, and I say balanced, but maybe you're not working on uh, every one of those all the time, but over the course of a year and certainly over the course of, of a lifetime, there should be times when you are focusing on goals within each of those because they all contribute to us living a meaningfully productive life. So those are my thoughts on uh, setting meaningful goals. And we'll talk in weeks to come about ways to create space in your life to take action on those goals once you've identified them. And I would love to hear your questions. If there's something you'd like me to focus on, or maybe a guest you'd like me to have come on the show and help us with this, this concept of uh, not just setting goals that matter, but also achieving them, let me know who, those, uh, who the, that might be or what your questions are. And also, what, what is a goal that you're working toward and how can we help you make progress on it? right now in the next, in the next week or so, I'd love to hear from you. You can share your questions, your thoughts, your ideas in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at the productive woman.com slash two eight five. You can also post a comment or question on the productive woman, Facebook page. There's a link for that in the show notes. Or if you're a member of the productive woman community, Facebook group, that's also a great place. Share, share a goal that you're working on. And, you know, if you have questions or you're looking for encouragement or ideas about the best way to proceed, uh, that community Facebook group is a great place to do that. If you'd rather share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you. Before we go, I want to mention our returning sponsor, Warby Parker. They are committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and now contact lenses. Glasses start at $95, which includes prescription lenses. They also have sunglasses, progressive lenses, and blue light lenses available. I loved the process of getting my Warby Parker glasses. I took a quick online quiz and then chose five frames from their really nice styles that looked like they would suit me. And before very long, I received a box with those five frames that had just kind of, you know, lenses in them, uh, not prescription lenses, but these were just for trying on. I had five days to try them on get feedback from Mike and whoever else came around that I'd try the different ones on and kind of get their thoughts on it and then choose the frame I like best. Then I shipped them all back in the prepaid box and uh, waited for my prescription 
you know, my new glasses to come with the prescription lenses. I love the look and the quality of the glasses. And I was even able to get progressive lenses that allow me to see both distances and read wearing the same pair. If it's time for you to get new glasses, try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days with no obligation to buy. They ship them to you free. They include a prepaid return shipping label, so it couldn't be easier. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com tpw. And remember, if you're looking to hire employees for your business, remember... Uh, that you can post your job today at indeed.com slash tpw and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash tpw. That offer is valid through March 31st of 2020. And thank you to Indeed and Warby Parker for supporting the Productive Woman podcast. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. As always, I'm so grateful to you for spending this time with me. I hope you felt like it was worthwhile and that you found something in it that's helpful to you. I look forward to hearing from you and to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.